It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Welcome to Carcone Carne. I'm James Van Alstel. The show today is sponsored by our friends at Siren Records, McHenry, 3902 Main Street. They're opening up at 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning, Saturday the 12th, for Record Store Day. And Carcone Carne will be there, not broadcasting, podcasting, live on the scene from their stage at Siren Records, Saturday morning, 3902 Main Street. Carcone Carne also brought to us today by Phonation, a Chicago podcast compilation 10 Chicago podcasts pressed onto vinyl podcasts on vinyl. You can make it happen. Fundraising pledging happens between now and the 25th of June on Kickstarter phonation, a Chicago podcast compilation. All right. He is a giant among men. He's a giant in professional wrestling. Drew McIntyre, two-time WWE champion, former intercontinental champion, two-time raw tag team champion, a Royal Rumble winner, and a guy who's worked every corner of the business, climbed his way to the very top. He is the Scottish warrior. Drew McIntyre, you know we miss you here in Chicago? I miss everybody in Chicago. When I say it, it's one of the greatest wrestling cities in the world. I'm not just saying it because we're talking about Chicago right now. Chicago has been great to be with WWE outside of WWE, and I can't wait to come back. Uh, so it just went on sale today. We're recording this on June 10th, Thursday, raw August 2nd at the Allstate arena. It's you. It's Bobby Lashley. It's Charlotte fair, Charlotte flair. Sorry. Kofi, Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton. So many more, the return of raw. You guys pulled it off during the Thunderdome era, but from WrestleMania forward, this has to feel great getting back in front of the people. Yes. This is the one thing we've missed more than anything. Our number one superstar, what makes WWE so different to everything else in the world? You know, we were such an interactive show with our fans, and to lose them was not easy. Um, I always say how proud I am of everything we've done throughout this past year plus, especially when every other sport and entertainment company shut down. We pushed ahead, gave the world an escape, gave them a constant, and that's awesome. And the Thunderdome has been incredible with all the lights, lasers, pyro, everything you expect from WWE, and bringing our fans back virtually, and we can hear them over the speakers. Very cool. But... <laughs> We just had WrestleMania there, two nights, 25,000 people there each night. Such a tease to go back into the Thunderdome after getting them live. So I'm very excited to get back on the road. These 25 shows leading to SummerSlam are going to be unbelievable. Loud every single night. But I know Chicago is going to potentially actually blow the roof off. Not just an expression. I think it's going to be so loud. The roof is going to dislodge. No, that, that's legitimate. It, it is a literal, like, it, it is a force of nature. When, when the crowd comes together at the Allstate Arena for WWE and for Raw again, August 2nd at the Allstate coming out of the Thunderdome era. Is there anything you learned or anything you experienced that you'll miss or that you learned from heading into the future? I mean, I learned a lot um, about myself, um, not just inside the ring, but especially outside the ring. I think everyone across the world 
hopefully feels the same that we've been looking for the positives during this negative time. And for me, as I've been on the road my whole life and I've never really learned to separate work and my personal life. And that's something I did during this time. I learned to be more present at home with my wife and the cats and have that separation. I found the more I separate work and my personal life it actually benefits work. So that's something about myself I'm you know, very proud of and something I'm going to stick with as I go forward, not to go down the rabbit hole of work. But I was born to be on the road. I do miss being on the road very, very much. And I'm so proud of all of our superstars for stepping up during this time. Everyone's taking their game to another level. And you're really going to see the results of where their game's at right now when you surround them with that live crowd and go, wow, I remember everybody being pretty good, but look where they're at right now. They've really upped their in-ring style. They've upped their promo game. It's not so much shouting and screaming at everybody. We're just talking like regular people because that's what's relatable because people don't talk like, hey, you know something, brother? Like People don't actually speak like that in real life. So now we actually speak like you would speak in a real life situation and adjust your tone depending on the conversation you're having. So when we see you in August, it, it'll be interesting because between now and then there's Hell in a Cell, the title match with you and Bobby Lashley. I, I'm not crazy. This is going to be brutal, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to suck <laughs> for me and Lashley. I mean, it's going to be great for y'all watching, but uh, Hell in a Cell is easily the most painful match I've ever been involved with. It was my idea. If you watch this past Raw, Lashley wanted a stipulation where I would never get a title match against him again as long as he's champion. And I countered with cool that I want it inside Hell in the Cell to make sure there's no distractions from MVP as manager. So there's nobody else that can potentially take the pinfall on my behalf. And so there's no interference. It just comes down to Lashley and I inside the cage. In theory, it should stay inside the cage. In reality, last time with Randy Orton and I, it was supposed to stay inside the cage. We ended up on top of the cell just 20 feet high. I'm, I mean 20 feet high, and I do not like heights. I hate heights. We fought down the side of that cell. Um, I was standing, holding on for dear life, and the side of the cage, about 10 feet up, my feet were. I'm six foot seven with my boots on. When I looked back, right before I got knocked off the side of hell in the cell, I fell 16 feet through a table and bit right through my tongue. I had a snake's tongue for a few days, and um, I got bad, bad whiplash. Like That match done things to me that still haven't been undone. And I'm willing to go back in there to get my WWE championship off Lashley. That focus you have, like when you're on the top of the cell, you tune everything out. You're in that moment. How does that also work with something like WrestleMania? Because for us, none of us can understand what it's like to walk out, whether it's on camera or in front of a crowd for the biggest entertainment event, period. Are you able to ingest that as you're walking out or are you all game face focused on the moment there to do your do your job yeah i am able to enjoy those moments now when i was younger during my first run in wwe from age 21 to 28 i was so tense and nervous all the time and so determined to just like focus on i have to do this i have to get this across i have to say these words i have to do these moves and if you looked at my eyes you could probably tell that and because i wasn't in the moment and enjoying myself and being present with the audience they weren't really invested in me and it took being fired, quite frankly, and going away from the company and learning to relax and find myself who I was as a performer and a man before I came back with a different mindset of, I'm going to make sure I enjoy every moment when I walk out to the ring, even my entrance, even if it's an intense looking entrance, my intensity is in my face now, but my body's always relaxed. I'm always present. I'm always in the moment. And especially this past WrestleMania, when I was there live in front of the fans during my entrance, I made sure I savored every single second of that entrance. I can 
close my eyes and picture it right now, walking out there and looking into the crowd and seeing people in tears. I was that first entrance, one year, one month, one day. We hadn't had fans, first guy to walk out and see everybody's face. And it almost brought me to tears. And I can't wait to have them every single night of this tour. Yeah, it's highly emotional. Everything we used to do that we're falling back into doing feels emotional and feels dramatic, whether it's going to see live events. But the little things we took for granted are a big deal for all of us now. Yeah, even just seeing people, like hugging people, (laughs) talking to people in the streets. Like that's something like you wouldn't even think twice about. Like when it goes away, you're like, man, I really miss human interaction. I, I speak to, you know, like some of my family and my dad and his wife who like um, maybe his wife in particular were struggling to, I don't even know about going to the bank or something. I, I feel weird being around people again and having that like interaction. I don't know what to say anymore. So it's very strange to hear that. And I'll be glad when we get back out there and we're able to have that human interaction because we are social creatures and I don't want everybody to end up holed up in their house. And I'm glad with WWE where people hold up and we've been able to give them that escape. Because another thing during this time is people have been struggling, you know, mentally and have reached out to me and said that WWE has really gave them that escape. And the cool thing I saw on social media, I don't like social media most of the time. But you're really good at it. I have fun making fun of people, but I saw people lifting each other up on social media because they were struggling during these times and reaching out. And if you are having you know, a difficult time out there, reach out. And even if you don't have someone in your immediate family or a trusted friend, reach out on social media. I've seen so much good for once in social media with everyone lifting each other up. And we get back to normal. You know, let's have a conversation when we're able to in the street. That's the thing I'm going to enjoy the most, especially with the wrestling fans. I miss talking to wrestling fans one on one more than anything. And I can't wait till it's possible again. And we talk about the thing we love wrestling. And I know in Chicago, if I'm in a gym or the restaurant, people are going to come up to me and tell me more about my career than I remember. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> that. That is absolutely true. You, you mentioned your time away from the WWE. And I was wondering whether it was a, a bitter period or not, but it sounds like it was very much a self-reflective period for you. Yeah, it was necessary to, to reach my goals, not just as a performer, but as a man. Um, I had to go away and but the day I was fired, I was able to kind of look at things from an outside perspective and say, man, you lost focus. You forgot when you first got signed, you would be willing to be the water boy. And it got to the point where, um, I mean, a lot of things happened, not just professionally, but personally, it got me to the point where I was kind of bitter. I was angry. I was lost the passion for the one thing I'd always loved. And once I was on the outside, I gained that perspective and I told myself, From this day forward, I'm going to give it my all from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. I'll be accountable to that person in the mirror, nobody else. And I worked my butt off from the day I was fired for three straight years. was very fortunate to get a lot of opportunities around the world to grow the wrestling business outside of WWE. And uh, some of my proudest work before I finally returned to the company. If I was a boy the first time around, I returned as a man. And I've got uh, my wife has a lot to thank for that part. So what did you think when you got that call? What was your reaction? When you got called back, I'll call back. I think that fired call. Was, mm-hmm. Oh damn! Okay, damn. <laughs> that was pretty much my reaction for getting fired. But I uh, forget the call to come back. It, it was more like I was very lucky in the sense that although my goal was to get back to WWE initially, I got to the point where my name was making a difference wherever I traveled. The WWE is what sells the product, unless it's like a Rock or a John Cena or something. The WWE is such a big, you know, global machine that you see WWE, people are going to see WWE and they're happy to see certain superstars. I got to the point where my name outside the company was really drawing fans and my home company in Scotland, we took it from 1,500 people to 2,000 people to 4,000 people to 7,000 people. Each year I was gone. And I thought, maybe I won't be back. I'm really making a difference. I'm really happy. I've been lucky financially. And maybe the next step is Japan. And before my wife and I made the next 
decision for our lives. I got a call from a mentor of mine, William Regal, who told me, hey, I want you to take a call with Triple H, have a little chat before you make the next decision in your life and career. And that 40-minute conversation uh, was awesome, necessary, and it was clear to me afterwards that it was time to come home. Let's talk about the sword that you bring out when you you make your entrance. I'm assuming that travels in the WWE trucks, and you're not going to bring that as a a carry-on through the United States airports? Good question, because obviously it's been stationary, <laughs> like in the, the few different arenas we've been in over the past year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I assume I'm not in charge of it, taking it through security. But once we get back to you know, the live events, the super shows, the non-televised shows, uh, hopefully they've got a place in the truck for it. Or you're going to see a very large Scottish man marching through the airport with a sword. <laughs> Talking to TSA, look, I, I mean, I'm with the WWE Two-time champion. This is kind of my thing. It's almost <laughs> like my child in a way. <laughs> so it's a family it's, heirloom. It's cool if I go through with this, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Drew, we're going to see you back in Chicago. Thank God. Your WWE is back. It's raw. It's August 2nd at the Allstate. Before that happens, I mentioned Hell in a Cell. That's going to be a, a, a physical match. It's going to be an emotional match. It's going to bring out the best of what we love about drew mcintyre and the wwe uh thank you for doing this cannot wait to see you in person at the all-state thank you buddy for having me and i can't stress enough how excited i am to get back to chicago and i can't stress enough like everyone knows in chicago already how quick the all-state sold out in the past and um, so make sure you get those tickets early so you're not disappointed it's going to be an amazing night